everybody. This is uh, this is a first video. That's right. We're in the 21st century, and video is a thing that does exist. Apparently, now on Screen Speak as well. So happy to be out here, MediaVerse. That that means you. It's making this possible. Hello. It's making this possible. So I, I first are. first off, I just I gotta thank you guys for having me out here. Just kind of letting me see everything that you're working on here i got i got questions clearly i'm holding up a piece of paper that means i did my homework that's that's what that means um i'm just gonna jump right in man if if you're good with that yeah let's do it okay so the first question i really had because you know a lot of this conversation is going to be driven around mediaverse that's really kind of what i wanted to talk about because when i first connected with you at the cedar rapids film festival back in april you were mentioning that you were open a studio and i'm like a studio like yeah like holy shit like 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 legit and like you started like breaking down the details like you're like we're gonna like build like doctor's offices we're gonna build like lawyers and uh, mm-hmm. you know whatever setting we need we have this whole space out here in Marengo, and i'm like what like what are you talking about like i need i need to see this when it's actually becoming a thing um and, 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 I, and i and i waited for a while and then you know even before we hit record um you were letting me know how you're like actually this was a good time to kind of try to try to do something like this absolutely um and i started seeing that you guys had put up like a tour video i think on like youtube Um, yeah we did our initial tour video on youtube and i started seeing some stuff like that and i'm like i I think might like like right now might be a good time to kind of try to reach out to you and just connect and i just wanted to purely just check in on this as like a fan of obviously movies but also just people doing stuff like this in iowa um, so the very first question that I actually had for you is just the name Mediaverse. Where does it come from? <laughs> Why? What, what is that? So Mediaverse Studios, we spent a lot of time workshopping the name of this place. And initially it was going to be uh, Flyover Studios because this is obviously Flyover Country here in Iowa. Um, and unfortunately it was already trademarked like the actual flyover studios and any sort of okay. derivation of that name. So we were all really excited about that. And then I went home and did like the homework on it, try to figure out the trademark situation and it was already taken. How so, do you figure out a trademark <laughs> situation? Uh, I, there's just a, a government website for it. That's, it's almost like looking up patents. You can look like, up do you just like, like Google trademark and eventually you'll find your way. Yeah. United States trademark um, listing or whatever. And you can do a, whole like query on it and it shows everything that's done and so we went through a whole lot of just different words and things we wanted to associate with this place uh we used a lot of ai generated uh names and things chat gpt oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) like we went hard into the naming uh we did that for like a month right and then i was on a drive uh with my partner uh her name's walker Emma Walker, but we go. She goes by Walker. She did actually all of the uh, design of this set right now. So, which to be clear on that, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this camera here for this. Obviously, I'm not used to doing this. <laughs> um, <laughs> she set this up, but like before this, I mean, like there there was a lot of this set up, but a lot of the backdrop and decorations on this, I mean, like that was that was all her. So yeah. just throwing that out there. No, she threw. The, she made the vibe happen. Anyways, uh, I was on a drive with her, and uh, I was just like, mediaverse. And like, I was thinking like metaverse, I was thinking like Marvel cinematic universe. I was just Mm -hmm. like, and then how do we incorporate media? How do we incorporate studio? How do we incorporate like everything we're trying to build here? And it's, it is like this conglomeration of 
media resources that we're trying to put together. So we came with Mediaverse, right? That's that's kind of what we're going for. And so we called it Mediaverse Studios. So speaking of what you're trying to build, I mean, let's talk about that. You know, I don't want to be like so formal and be like, what is like the mission, you know, and whatnot. But I mean, what is the vision? I mean, like, where where do you see Mediaverse going in its, in whatever stage it takes Right. So, yeah, we do actually do have a mission statement or like a vision statement on our hop on our website. Uh, but basically our our whole goal is to just be a a resource for Iowa, Midwest, what have you, uh, creatives of any kind to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're tailored mostly towards filmmakers and towards film and uh, video production. But as you can see, now we're doing a podcast. Right. So uh, we want to be a resource for podcasters, want to be a resource for musical artists, for photographers, for uh, any other kind of art that's out there. If you have a platform, if you have a medium that you like to work in, we want to be a resource for you, or at least hold space for you. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's uh, having a film set, some you know resources that you can use, renting gear. Hang on a second, let's pause real quick. No, you're good. We're back. I was in the middle of a thought. I apologize. No, that's good. Um, but yeah, we have a dog now. This is Fly. What's up, Fly? That's cool. Um, but yeah, so anyone with any sort of artistic medium, uh, we want to be a resource for them. We want to be a home base, as, as it were. We want to be this like hub of creativity for the Midwest because there really isn't one necessarily where people can come and use... Uh, Whatever it is, if it's just want to get up on a whiteboard, want to have a conference room meeting, want to uh, use uh, a green psych wall or a white psych wall, if you want to use a film set, if you want to use just some of our gear, if you want to get in the editing room and edit something, if you want to just collaborate with us, if you want us to consult on your vision, you know, whatever you need, if you want to do a podcast, if you want to go outside and, you know, take photos, mm-hmm. we want to be that for you. Um, and so our, our goal is to... Uh, promote people's creative visions and when did you get this all started i guess like i mean like i'm sure it's been like brewing for a while but like really feeling like it's actually like getting somewhere yeah so um hmm. so my father actually owns this property okay um and he was this is kind of like the long story of it if you want it i mean it's a podcast we got time (laughs) So. so he um took possession of it back in the 80s, and he was a veterinarian. So this used to be a vet clinic here in Marengo, Iowa. Uh, it was called Iowa Valley Vet Clinic. Decades before that, decades before that, this was a sale barn, uh, which meant that uh, people would bring their livestock here, they would show them, and then they would auction them off to farmers, cattle ranchers, that kind of thing. And so there are stables, there are kind of like show um, show stables, you know, kind of a nicer and people would come and view them and rate them and stuff. And then there's a, a proper auction ring mm-hmm. where there was an auctioneer's booth. People would sit, you know, and they would throw their bids out, that kind of whole deal. Um, and that part of the property has largely been unused for the last 90 years, 100 years. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, it was a vet clinic for a couple of decades. And then uh, it was Honey Creek Marketplace. Uh, Honey Creek Marketplace was a sort of like Nubo in Cedar Rapids, kind mm-hmm. of like a, a community vendor space mm-hmm. where all of those bays out there uh, that we showed you uh, that used to be the, you know, showing stables uh, for cattle, those were cleaned up and they were painted white 
uh, and kind of cleared out and made really nice. And then vendors would set up their booths there. Uh, and then I think like once a month or once every couple months, they had a, a community event where uh, the vendors would show up, they would sell their goods, you know, people would just come by us. It's like a really cool, um, just community marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was back in 2019. So I guess, yeah, so COVID happened, right? That's COVID. Mm. <laughs> this thing, it was kind of a kind of a situation. Kind of a drag the world. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but... That unfortunately shut the whole uh, Honey Creek Marketplace down. Uh, they weren't able to do. They were not able to do any <clears throat> more showings, um, and it has sat vacant since then. Oh, okay. Um, and so, my dad was considering selling this property. He wanted to rent it out or something. Just wanted something to happen with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was probably January of 2023. Uh, they were asking me like, Hey, how do we sell this place? How do we, you know, just get rid of it? And I'm like, well, hold on. I have an idea. <laughs> okay. Um, and that was kind of the start of this. And then I was kind of just getting started in filmmaking. Um, I had made a few films with Michael and the Sentry crew. Um, but I was getting really into it and we were needing space. We were needing resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking almost just for us. And then <clears throat> I brought, Michael and a few friends out here and they looked at the place and they saw the potential in it and from there it just kind of grew and grew and grew to like this isn't just for us this is for everybody like everyone can grow here and so we've been working on it since we shot a few we shot a few films here and uh, we've used it for a whole bunch of different things but then uh, June 14th of this year it became official we you know, I filed for the LLC. Okay. Um, we are officially a, you know, a business and um, ready to start providing services. So that's kind of the long story. No, no, it's it's, it's fine. And obviously, like, it's just such a, a long road to get there. But then also, there's a lot of right. things that sort of, uh, I don't want to say, like, fell in the place in, in a way. But, you know, you have the, I mean, this space. I mean, I, I couldn't help but comment when I was coming in here before we recorded that I saw the potential. You know, I mean, I just looking at it and I'm like, there's a lot of work that obviously needs to be done, but I can definitely see why you would want to take advantage, especially with the passion that you have uh, mm-hmm. for not only being a creative person yourself and, and working with Michael and you know, Sentry Films, but, you know, also your own aspirations and then the aspirations of, frankly, a state that, like you said, people call a flyover <laughs> state, right? 100%. And I'm not going to say like, oh, like I hate that term. I'm not somebody that gets easily offended, but it would be nice if one day people would not maybe look at Iowa as being that kind of a state. You know, I'm not saying we're ever going to be like LA or something that has that type of notoriety, but still there's a lot of creative people in here that have a lot that they want to give back to this place. Absolutely. And there's great things being made here with, with people that have no budgets, no resources and just the shirt on their back. Like they're making great films. They're making great art, you know, and this is not an artistic state. I can't imagine how, how we would look if we were, even like to a Chicago level of artistic resources available or LA or Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, or Toronto. Um, I think that the, the creativity here, or at least the talent here is far and above what's available at any of these major cities because we don't have all those resources. We've learned to be scrappy. We've learned to do more with less, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Now I got to ask. So you said it was in June, right? Where like the LLC is, is, you know, legit, right. You know, yeah. the business side of this is coming now. 
obviously I know you're doing a lot of the driving. I would, you know, safe to say that you're the lead of this thing. Um, but what is the rest of the team like? I mean, like who is helping you spearhead this? Yeah. Um, a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. I have an amazing team behind me and that, and that's what made this such an easy decision. I know that it's a lot, it's a lot of work and it's, you know, going to take time and effort, but Mm -hmm. it was an easy decision to make because I had support from all ends. You know, I had every, all this film family. I had, you know, Sentry films. I had, uh, Hevioso, DiGiolo films, all these people, you know, Michael, Brittany, Damien, Derek Smith, uh, Kevin Shepard, who else am I forgetting? Vern Kroonfair. It's like, like you know, an award. I, You're just like, I'm going to forget like, somebody. <laughs> I could spend 20 minutes, you know, just naming <clears throat> off names. And even in like our 48 hour film that we just shot, we had 19 people on set and yeah. all these people are associated with Mediaverse in some way. That's awesome. And so they're all like, I'm here for you. Like whatever you need, if you need me to come build a set, if you need me to come help you clean up one day, if you just need me there to be uh, on set, if you need to be, need to be in one of your films, if you, need me to organize your stuff. I mean, <laughs> Brittany spent an entire day, Brittany, Michael's girlfriend, Michael's mm-hmm. our producer back there. Uh, Brittany Benedict came for a whole day and just like put tape on all of our gear to identify it because we were having a problem with all of our gear, which just right. intermingling and we couldn't figure out <clears throat> whose was what, you know, um, or what was whose. <laughs> uh, and so just that kind of little things and everyone does it so graciously. Mm-hmm. you know and and it's all in service to this whole thing that's going on so i want to touch back on the resources that you talked about because you know you mentioned that you can provide a not a, not just a space right i mean space is obviously a big thing but obviously i mean I, i'm looking around here right now there, there's a fair amount of equipment that i'm yeah. looking at i mean i was wondering if you could kind of talk about some not you don't have to get like too into the weeds but just some of the equipment and the technical expertise and and assistance that you could be able to provide with people that are working on whatever project they got yeah so there is a lot of investment that's gone into the equipment that we're able to provide um a lot of it's just stuff that we we've had you know that Mm -hmm. we've been using on films but we've taken some time and effort to upgrade a lot of these things so like you're looking at these microphones right now um, these couches, these decorations, the lights that are lighting the studio. Um, these are all things that are fairly new to us um, that are really nice to have, right? They help our, uh, on our film sets, they help us tell the stories we need to tell, but they also help us um, provide resources to people so that if you want to come into your podcast here, you know, all of this is set up and ready to go. You don't have to bring anything besides your notes. <laughs> <laughs> I did bring notes. I was like, I'm like, I wasn't exactly sure how I wanted to roll with this, but right. I'm like, yeah, I, I think he, he won't mind the notes that much. And so we're, yeah, we are trying to mm-hmm. uh, assimilate, you know, furniture, cameras, tripods, lights, C-stands, storage, audio gear, just all of this stuff that like, Yes, there's a thing called gear acquisition syndrome that's deadly to filmmakers. What, what is that? What is that? <laughs> gear acquisition syndrome gas is what they call it. Okay. <laughs> it's it's just the the urge to buy the next newest thing, the nice oh, camera, okay. the nice light. Gotta have the latest, know. the latest and greatest. Right. It's like the you know the iPhone 18 you know, <laughs> vibe that people get. It's like it has to be the newest, yeah. whatever. And you can <clears throat> you can make a film on an iPhone. You can make a film on a GoPro. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the nicest newest thing. Um, and like I said, we're scrappy where you do more with less. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're trying to balance that gear acquisition syndrome with uh, the practicality of having something that's nice that we can 
make as an offering to people that need to come and do uh, something serious here. You know, it's not, we're not going to hand you a GoPro and be like, here, go make a movie now on our, you know, little film set we made for 10 bucks. No, we're actually going to try to give you something that's quality, but also affordable. Well, and what I'm hearing kind of through that too, like aside from just, you know, the equipment, the, the space, obviously the support, but more kind of on that support front, I feel like you guys are kind of trying to offer up a, a relationship, so to speak, to be able to have people around that are like, yeah. I've been there before. I've been in the spot that you've been in. Let me help you make yeah. this be a little bit easier for you and not like how it was when I first started. Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of getting some of that vibe when you're talking about this stuff. I can't imagine the the kind of quality things that we could have made if we had had a space like this and we were just starting out, yeah. you know? Now, I'm curious too, you know, you mentioned that you have shot a 48-hour film out here. You've shot a couple of different things out here. Yep. I, d I got to see one of them that's going to be screened here. Uh, Michael, when is that happening? Tuesday. 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 Okay, check that out on Tuesday. What? What? I don't even know if this will be up on Tuesday. <laughs> At the Varsity Theater in Des Moines. Varsity uh, Theater in Des Moines. Group B for the 48-hour film. That is the worst plug I've ever done. But um, <laughs> we I, got these you. guys are good sports. Um, but I am curious, uh, how much shooting are you planning on kind of taking place here at the at the space here i mean like mm -hmm. if you know a given week say things are going well i mean like is there people coming in and out of here like every day or or how often um right now it's kind of slow we're doing someone <clears throat> here probably like once or twice a week okay right? so and whether that's us or whether that is uh someone who just wants to come and film here so we've had a few uh commercial clients or people that just want to come and um make a, a promotion video for themselves they want to okay. just tour the space see what's available you know so we're, yes we're giving tours we are um setting up kind of ad hoc sets as we need to to fit someone's needs um eventually you know the you know the couple year two three year plan is going to be to actually build out the film set alley mm -hmm. as we're calling it um into uh house sets essentially just sure. like you know, have our hospital set, have our courtroom, have our office, have our diner, you know, mm -hmm. all those different things in, in those um, film set bays uh, ready to go. But right now it's like we will build it as we need it. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm kind of curious too, just like, you know, you're mentioning obviously all the possibilities, the, the amount of people that I, I no doubt think will take advantage of what you guys are offering. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm kind of curious, like just from yourself, whether this is from a business standpoint or not, but do you sort of have like a, a an idea of like, okay, you know, let's say, you know, like we're in 2023 right now and you know, we got, you know, we're in August right now, December is going to be here before you know it do you sort of like think long term and be like, okay, I want to, you know, try to get like X amount of projects kind of going throughout the year, but then kind of cap at that. Because I feel like if, yeah. you know, you don't want to be in a position where like you get so overly ambitious that like you take on too much and then, yep. you know, you've, as they say, bit off more than you can chew. Yep. Um, I'm just kind of curious if you could speak to that a little bit. So yeah, that's kind of our strategy right now is figure out what our capacity is. So right. What we're doing right now is making content for uh, our YouTube channel, for our live stream, for just basically to get the word out that we're here and we're capable of making stuff. So oh, they're here. <laughs> between this podcast, <laughs> and then we have a bunch of other shows that I'm going to plug right now, obviously. Yeah, go for Get it. Get ready for it. Uh, so we've got uh, Mediaverse Movie Night, which just happened this week, which is a live stream that Michael puts on. He produces okay. the, the live stream. And it's basically just us and a few, you know, our crew... Um, we will 
basically stream some indie films that come from Iowa and the Midwest. And so we have a, a call out to all the creators, all of the Iowa Midwest creators. If you have a short film that you want us to watch, we will watch it at Mediaverse Movie Night and we'll give you uh, we'll give you a plug. We'll give you a review on your film, some feedback if you want it. And you just um, do it out here? We do it out here. Yep, we did it Tuesday nice. night right over there in that corner on the couches. Nice. Uh, we watched three films. We watched Lucid. We watched... Uh, help me out, Michael. I don't know what it's called. It's a 40-hour film. <laughs> it was a 40-hour film called Most it was about mm-hmm. a It was a horror 48, black and white monster, classic monster film. And then we watched one called 20 Minutes In, which was a really funny... Um, elevator student film like they were trapped in an elevator really cool story anyways we had a really great time doing that Mm -hmm. and we were able to give i think hopefully decent feedback on those films um we're no you know pros obviously at this but we have an eye for certain things and we're able to at least give our opinion um whether that's wanted or not (laughs) yeah you know but though like how i don't know how often um people that are kind of in this line of work or are trying to get there um have the community to be able to get that type of feedback as well at least direct feedback because i certainly think like it's much more impactful um if you're receiving it directly Uh, especially if you know if it's coming from a place uh, of of care and sincerity right like it's like you're not just doing it to be like well now let me you know let me snobbily tell you like (laughs) what i think about this like i don't think that's what you're trying to go for yeah Um, we're trying it's cool yeah we're trying to raise the tide for everybody so yeah there's mediaverse movie night and then there's going to be one called ride along reviews which is where uh we all pile into a car we go see a movie in a theater whatever is you nice. know, hot at that time of the, of the month. And then we will watch the movie and then we'll all pile back into the car and we'll give our review of that film on the drive home. Have you done this already? We have not yet. We're, we're going to, well, when, when, when's the pilot? <laughs> when's it happening? <laughs> I want it to be Oppenheimer. Okay. Uh, we just, we were going to go see it like opening night, but that's, like just getting schedules together is tough. Um, so we're going to, I think we're still going to try to go for Oppenheimer. Uh, hopefully next week we can make that happen. I will say this, not that this is at all a review for Oppenheimer because I have a separate podcast. Um, either I don't even know by the time this debuts, if it'll be out or not, but I have one that's already in the works for it. Um, I definitely think it's a movie you'll have to watch more than once. Ooh. I don't say that about everything. Cause obviously like, every movie wants to be rewatchable. Right. Sure. Um, but Oppenheimer is like, it's not just like a biopic like Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan kind of did like this. I, I haven't really seen anybody do it in recent memory where he, he was able to take a biopic and elevate it to something much more than that. Cool. Um, there's like, there's like three distinct parts of the movie. There's part one, which is essentially Oppenheimer becoming Oppenheimer. Sure, sure. There's of course the bomb. Obviously it's in the trailer. We sort of expect it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then you have the third act, which is, uh, sort of the, the aftermath of the whole thing, which the is just, out, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, yeah, pun intended, but, um, it, it's a lot and there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of moving pieces. And right. you know, Chris Nolan doesn't always tell stories, uh, chronologically. He, right. he does nonlinear storytelling. Yep. Um, I won't spoil it. I, I promise you, I won't. It's absolutely mm-hmm. worth it. I think for what you're talking about, there's plenty to talk about. I would love to talk to you about that whenever you do get around hey. to watching it. But come come um, to write along reviews. We might need you. I was gonna I was gonna say you let me know <laughs> you let me know when it's happening. Don't tease. I I would actually happily come along for that. All right. Um. I I'm also curious. I'm also curious too, Jake. Uh. You know, financing just kind of the business side. Sure. Sure. Now I'm looking around at the equipment here. I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm no professional on this sort of stuff, but I mean, I know this stuff doesn't come cheap. And right. obviously, for the two, three, four, five year goals that you have in mind. 
eventually, you know, you're going to have to get financing and things like that. Yeah, Where absolutely. do you go for that? I mean, like, do you rely solely on the people that are contributing directly and being a partner on this or how, how do you, can you kind of walk me through that? Yeah. So, uh, for revenue, I guess is what I'll call it, not just necessarily financing, because I'm not interested in necessarily in taking out loans. I will if we have to. Sure. Um, but uh, we're looking to start immediately, start immediately providing services to people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, they are going to be paid services, but they're going to be within your budget, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever they are. So whether you want to come and shoot a podcast here, if, if if you want to just do audio on the podcast, you want to do video on the podcast, we can do tiered. Um, tiered packages for people that want to pay. If you want to rent some of this gear, if you want to use the space in whatever capacity, uh, we will figure out a, you know, a price that you can pay to, to come and use it and mm-hmm. get, get value out of it, right? That's not going to break your budget. We're also going to be pursuing commercial videography. So we can, you know, obviously shoot commercials, we can shoot real estate, we can smart. You know, ads, whatever kind of thing there is. Uh, we're also going to pursue things like um, ad revenue from YouTube and uh, sponsorship deals and stuff. Uh, we're looking at grants, small business grants, uh, creative Iowan grants, that kind of thing. Um, and then just using whatever revenue, whatever profit we get to invest it back into this place. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and that's why I say it's going to take time because we don't oh, sure. have an angel investor. There's no venture capital coming from this place. Uh, it's just going to be all self-funded and then profit-based. Um, mm-hmm. It gets invested back in. Now, as far as getting the people, I mean, obviously, like we met at the festival. That's kind of how this whole um, relationship began, if you will. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, like, how how do you plan on getting MediaVerse out there? I mean, like, how how do you want people to sort of hear about this? Well, that's a good question. So, we're gonna do like a lot of just like social media work, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of what everyone is looking for, anyways. Um, they just want that content, right? They want short form content. They want long form content. Yeah. And and whatever. And unfortunately, it's, it's the truth is that you're almost enslaved to the algorithms that give you the platform, yeah. right? So that's what we're going to try to lean into. Um, we're going to obviously make all this content I was telling you about. We have uh, Ride Along Reviews. We have Mediaverse Movie Night. We have one that I'm going to do called Grip and Gear. We have one that uh, Derek Smith's doing called Tinseltown Tragedies, just kind of like a talk show um, uh, about Hollywood accidents and like things that kind of creepy oh. uh, things. It's, like Black Dahlia kind of stuff? Or yeah, yeah, like that? exactly. He's had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> okay. Um, and so we're going to be putting out all these shows that appeal to different audiences, but it's all going to be under this Mediaverse umbrella. So uh, trying to build an audience through YouTube, through Facebook, Instagram, those kind of things is going to be what gets us out there. And then also the word of mouth of, you know, doing our commercial videography of making really great movies Mm -hmm. of people coming here and seeing this space and wanting to get involved. I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for, uh, just spreading the, the, the word of of what we have here. Do you have an ideal audience? I mean, I I sometimes like, you know, it's a marketing term, you know, target audience and things like that. But I mean, like, is there a specific group or groups of people that, you know, are like the ideal people that you would like, you would like to hear about this? Right. Um, Ooh, yeah. Another good question. Um, I think that if we had a single target audience, and we're going to try to obviously broaden this as much as we can, sure, it would just be uh, Iowan and Midwest uh, filmmaker mm-hmm. types or creatives or artists in general of any kind, photographers specifically, musical artists that want to come and record here. Um, those are our target clients or mm-hmm. target you know partners that we want to have come involved, be involved with this thing. 
but also business owners, people that uh, like marketing departments, people that need videography work done. Um, and then anyone that cares about film, honestly. That's awesome. Now I'm, I'm also curious too. Now I, I just want to be, I just want to be very clear. This next thing I'm bringing up, I don't really know anything about it. I just wanted to ask him, um, because in doing prep for this, I noticed that there are a number of other either independent studios or major studios that have, um, practices that they put in place around environmental, uh, sustainability. And mm. I didn't know if that's ever like a thing that you have ever, you know, taken an interest in and whatnot, or if like you're mindful about, you know, how much energy you guys are using or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, cause I th- like to think I was kind of progressive when it comes to energy and things like that, but I just figured yeah. you guys are going to be doing an awful <laughs> lot of things that involve electricity around here. Right. Be kind of curious to hear what you think about that. So if you notice the exterior of the building, there are, there's a lot of roof space. Yes. And I would absolutely love to solar up the entire roof of this place. In addition to putting a giant like media verse, like almost Hollywood style logo uh, on the roof. That's, that was Michael's idea and he's, that would be cool. <laughs> he's pushing it hard. But yeah, <laughs> solar is going to be big for us uh, mm-hmm. when we can get that finally in place because yes, we do use a lot, we do use a lot of electricity and uh, it gets cold in the winter. Right. Yeah. So that's the I- idea. Um, other sustainability measures, obviously um, just trying to control how much waste we put out, mm-hmm. you know, trying to be, uh, very clean with how we operate. Yeah. And just kind of keep keeping that in the, in the, like, not the back, not the front, but like kind of the top of our mind and just kind of, yeah. uh, yeah, not being wasteful, not being overly pollutive, that kind of thing. No. And, and, and you know, and to be clear too, like I, I'm not a person that has like overly opinionated opinions about, right. you know, wasteful companies and things like that. But I do think that if you are, you know, trying to build a brand and you're trying to do things ethically yeah. and responsibly, every line of business, so to speak, has a part to play on this. And I think that there is something that the individual human can do to make the earth be a little cleaner. Not sure why Absolutely. I'm deciding to turn this into an earth day plug, but you know, what? You know it's, we're here. Yeah, we only get one planet guys. <laughs> we, we haven't got the spacecraft to get out of here unless the UAPs are real. And you know, hey, we, talk, we talk about that. Here we are. <laughs> this has gone off the rails. No, no, I'm reeling it back. I'm reeling it back. Um, I, something else I want to ask you about because I, I know there's obviously a lot of potential with the, the engagement that you can get from filmmakers. You mentioned the commercial work that you can bring out on this place, but yeah. I wanted to ask you about community engagement because mm-hmm. I'm just curious because you're in Marengo, Iowa. Yeah. I don't really know much about Marengo, but do you have any plans kind of going long term about like ways that Mediaverse could maybe employ or eventually kind of get people in the local oh, yeah. community involved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up near this town and I went to high school in this town. Uh, Iowa Valley High School was, you know, uh, I had a class of like 53 people. Wow. Real tiny. That's, yeah, <laughs> right? very small. I had a couple hundred, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the the opportunities in this town are kind of few and far between. There's sports and there's a few extracurriculars like band and, and what, more sports and FFA. Mm-hmm. which is like Future Farmers of America, the you know very agricultural-focused okay. thing. There are not a lot of opportunities for artistic creativity here um, outside of music, mm-hmm. high school band, right? Um, and so I would absolutely love to give back to the, the school community here uh, by providing a film program of some kind, whether that's, you know, having... An after-school program, people come here to learn how to make films or learn how to operate cameras or grips or, mm-hmm. you know, edit, that kind of thing. Just to give them tools in their toolkit for 
going out into the world. Like if I had known how to operate a camera coming out of high school, that would have mm-hmm. been amazing because I didn't know that I loved it until I was 30, you know? Um, what made you knew that you were going to love it at 30? I mean, like was, was, I mean, it's never one defining thing. Usually right. it's a combination, but I mean, my story is I have kind of a long story and several lives to talk about, but, um, I was in the air force and had a, I started a YouTube channel as a hobby mm-hmm. back in 2016, I think. And then, uh, COVID happened. I was living in Iowa. I was out of the Air Force living in Iowa. COVID happened. And I had just gotten my first like cinema camera, the Blackmagic Pocket 4K, right? Which is kind of a cinema camera, but Mm -hmm. tailored for video, not just stills. Um, And I made a bored short film with my wife uh, called Pumpkin Panic. (laughs) Pumpkin Uh, Panic. Yeah, I put it out on my YouTube channel. And uh, it was just like a first try at it. And I loved it. Like I loved the whole process of like writing and shooting and editing the thing and working with talent and you're obviously comfortable being on camera as well um because it, you know the sh- well the, the short that we watched i mean you were you're in it <laughs> that's true you know was, one yeah. of the leads i don't have a lot of acting experience but i do have experience being on camera i guess yeah. just from the youtube thing mostly mm-hmm. and the youtube channel was like me doing diy projects just mm-hmm. using my like engineering background and like diy projects it was silly and fun and i really enjoyed doing it uh, but it also taught me camera skills mm-hmm. right but, and it was getting back to the school thing. Yeah, I would love to offer that to uh, kids in school. And um, I had another thought about that. Just like, yeah, just giving them yeah. uh, another avenue they can pursue besides sports or farming or factory work. I think that's incredibly refreshing for my, you know, for myself. I'll, I'll give a little bit of a personal diatribe here for a second. <laughs> but, you know, when, when I was in high school, um, <clears throat> I mean, first off, I've always loved movies. Let's just make that perfectly clear. Um, usually if I ever get stopped and people ask me, hey, what's your favorite movie? It's the worst question you can get asked. Just so you know, for a creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I usually actually default and tell people Goldeneye. Uh, the oh Pierce Brosnan and James Bond movie. It's a long story, but I have many fond memories sitting on my dad's couch eating cans of Chef Boyardee and just binge watching it back to back to back. Awesome I movie. could quote the movie basically with my eyes closed. But yeah. but the reason the reason kind of why I'm bringing that up is, you know, when I was that age and I, after GoldenEye, and start kind of getting more serious into, wow, I'm like a real devoted fan of movies. Mm-hmm. It never really occurred to me from a younger age that there was a, a feasible way to not only learn more about, you know, the craft of making it, but kind of start to believe enough in yourself to know that you could actually make something sustainable out of this and support yourself for it. I never, never in a million years would have had that thought when I was younger. Yep. And so hearing you kind of talk about that, I'm pretty passionate when I talk about the stuff in filmmaking because it's, I think it's really important that people understand that when you are, getting kind of steeped into the world of film, you can go beyond just being like a casual fan of things. You can really start to understand like what pieces have to come together to make a project happen. And there's so many invaluable skills that you can learn from just being even in a setting like this. You know, I'm looking around. I I asked Michael, I picked his brain like a bunch of different times about all the equipment that was over here. But these are technical skills that you can learn. You can learn people skills because this is absolutely a a collaborative medium, regardless of what form you choose to have that be in. Um, And again, I'm just tying this back to what you were saying about being able to offer that to the community and especially the youth, too, because I'm telling you. If I would have met somebody like yourself when I was, you know, younger, I don't know what age you're going to get your intern program to, <laughs> to, to start up. Um, it it would have made a huge difference. They absolutely would have made a difference. I'm going to throw a hot take at you. Okay. Um, I learned more about leadership 
directing a film yeah. that I wrote than I did as eight years as an officer in the Air Force. Now, why is that? Because it's it's closer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like, ooh, that was a good question. Why is that? It's <laughs> you have a lot more at stake uh, when it's your creative baby. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's something that is coming not just from a place of duty on our country, it's coming from a place of emotion. It's coming from something within you that you dreamt up that you created that is, you know, solely yours. And now you're in charge of running this whole crew. You have to know every crew member's role and responsibility. You have to know their skills and their weaknesses and how to play with those. And you have to obviously work with talent. You have to work with the story. You have to work with the lighting department, with the camera department. And then you have to do all of this with the edit in mind. And so there's so many layers to it. Whereas officership, it was, keeping people out of trouble mm-hmm. for the most part and making sure the mission gets done, which honestly, that's the easy part is just making sure that the stuff gets done. Um, because for the most part, airmen are pretty autonomous as long as they're not being idiots. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I think that all the stuff that you're saying is, is true on that where, you know, it's impossible, I think, not to you know sort of take like a real direct sense of ownership over a, pr- a creative project that you're working on, because it's not like something where it's tied to you know I'm going to tie it back to what you said about the government and you know your your time in the service. You have procedures and protocols and things that are already established. There is a clear base to follow, yeah. right? You know, whereas when you're on a creative project, I mean, you, no especially especially in the independent world, you got to get scrappy. I mean, like you don't always have people around. You're you're gathering up resources. You're having to improvise and do yeah. things that are not planned. You don't um, have a defense budget. There's no there's no rule book for this. There's no AFI or no. Air Force instruction. Manual. And, and, and you also know damn well, not that it should be like the forefront thing that's in the the front of your mind, but you know damn well that the people that are watching it, they're going to have an opinion. You know, you're going to have your stuff be judged one way or another. Absolutely. Obviously, we want it to be in the best light, and we want it to be truthful to the content that's coming out, and, and you want the people to feel what was in right you know um but yeah i i think with that comes a very specific sense of vulnerability that other other avenues will not dare touch you don't have to express that part with you while also being professional too and this, and this stuff doesn't work it's, itself <laughs> in many ways it's discouraged to be expressive in any way yeah yeah um, I wanted to ask you too, you know, we talked earlier about the collaborative nature of what Mediaverse can do, um, with the different types of, of business lines that you can have out here, but I'm kind of curious, I, you know, this might be, you know, shooting a little far down the line, but would you ever see there being a time where you could collaborate with other studios or, Ooh. you know, other types of people that are maybe, you know, building similar types of enterprises and mm-hmm. maybe see like a, a partnership on stuff? I mean, I would love that. The whole yeah. the whole mission of this place is collaboration, right? Right, and so it's never going to be a no mm-hmm. when it comes to hey, dude, can we work together on this? Like that's that's the point, right? Um, and so I don't know of any other like studios like this but outside of like Renovo Studios up in Clear Lake. They're doing like kind of the high end, you know, premium level projects um, that are tailored more towards you know big budget Hollywood films. Um, you come into Iowa or they go, you know, two locations and do it. Mm-hmm. Our goal is, or our target is mostly towards the indie filmmakers, the scrappy ones that, you know, that we all know and love. Um, 
man, if they want to do a collaboration, though, I'm totally in. Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, we, we I, I got to bring this up because we talked about this off camera on here. Um, but I talked about Barbenheimer. <laughs> I, I, I got I to bring it up. You know, I, I'm not just doing it because, like, it's relevant right now and, you know, topical and things like that. But I just I, I keep gushing at how much I love what's happening with that. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and I feel like, you know, you're obviously an open minded guy and like you could see something like that happening with media verse at some point or another. But yeah. everybody out there put the jokes aside for the Barbenheimer and all the memes and everything like that. But just focus on why why it's so cool and impactful right now in the industry, yeah. especially when we need it right now, uh, because with the strikes, everything that's going on right now, um, theaters, exhibitionists, they, they need the love. So go out to your theater, please. And go see that stuff. I, I'm not even sure if that ties into everything we're talking about, but I had well, to, I had to make a mention of it. It was a captivating like collaboration of yeah. two things that didn't belong no. together because they're so polar opposite, but they're God, their dichotomy made them so compatible. Especially since they were released the same week, I think if they were if they were released on you know opposing weekends, they would be at odds, right? They would be one going for the other's you know number one spot. But mm-hmm. since it was released the same time, it didn't matter who was number one. Everyone was going to go see both. They had to. They had to, they had to get that uh, that polarizing feeling. Yeah. You know, people went and saw Barbenheimer, not just Barbie, not just Oppenheimer. So quick, quick question for you on the fly. Double feature. You got to host it. You got to pick two movies for people to watch back to back. What do you pick? Oh, my God. That's <laughs> such an unfair question. I mean, are, is Barbie and Oppenheimer released right now? I mean, probably illegally on the on the bays of pirates. Mm, but We'll say the high seas, get it done. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. I know. It's, a, it's an unfair question. <laughs> it's going to have to be like classics. It's, it can be like like Jurassic Park and Home Alone. Yeah, just like something two... like in, t- in complete stark contrast yeah. of each other. Yeah. Or, hmm. hmm. You can go the like similar a, route, too. It might have to be a Jeff Goldblum double feature. Probably Jurassic Park and The Fly. Mm, that'd be good. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have a I have an episode I'm actually doing on double features, just solely on that. Okay. Um, so I may, I don't even know if I've talked about this in that episode at this point. Um, but if I had to answer the question off the go. top... Um, 2001 A Space Odyssey and Interstellar. I feel like both those go hand in hand with each other. Not necessarily different, yeah, but great. they Great's would work right. very well. Yep. One of the more historical double features I found out that they came out on the same day was The Matrix and 10 Things I Hate About You came out at the exact same time. I had no, I had no idea about that. Wow. And I was like, that's, that's strange. I don't know how you get a good nickname for that. Cause Barbenheimer fits well. Like yeah. it, it's got a nice ring. It's like to 10 it. things I hate about the matrix. <laughs> yeah. Which people could probably say that about the third one. Um, but you know, that, that, that's a, that's a whole other conversation. Okay. So my, my last thing I wanted to ask you is then here. I'm look, notes. Hey, God, I don't need we that did anymore. It. Let's go. <laughs> um, I, I just want to ask, because, you know, you you have momentum with this thing going. Uh, I'm excited where this thing goes. But, you know, going long term, what's it going to take to to make Mediaverse continue, to get it to where you want it to be? What's yep. it going to take? I think the key word I'm thinking of right now is focus. Focus. Yep. Why, I mean, why focus? Obviously, I, apart from its merits that it has. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that the money will come. I think that the effort will come. Like those are going to be, we'll have those in spades, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not worried about uh, the time or the money or the sweat we're going to have to put into this place. It's going to take focus in, in so far that we know what our mission is and we're staying true to that, that we're not 
saying yes to anything that just comes our way. You know, mm-hmm. if a sponsorship comes and says, hey, we want you to review our soap. Like, we're not doing that, right? We're going to be true to our own integrity, our own values, and we're going to, I don't know, just try to stay focused on, on what we need to get done here. Do you, do you ever worry, not not to, you know, put doubt or cast it towards your direction on this, but... <laughs> You know, as a, as a creative myself, I can tell you just even in podcasting, you know, every content creator will tell you out there that, you know, consistency is kind of the name of the game on there and that you oh, want yeah. to stay relevant. Uh, you have to upload frequently, short, you know, make your stuff short and sweet. And, you know, there's a million different strategies sure. out there. But I, I find something that happens for myself is when you are kind of the, the sole driver, not that you are, you have a team, right. which I'm grateful for that. Um, but when you are sort of the, the kind of main person that has to drive the energy and, and, you know, that stamina that kind of goes with it, do you ever get worried? Like when you're going to have your days where I'm like, Oh my God, like this is, I'm just not feeling this today. Or like, you know, I don't feel like the momentum that I want to feel on something right now. I mean, do you ever come across that? Literally yesterday. It was yesterday. Literally yesterday. Yeah. And even like this whole past week, like we just finished up the 48 hour film project and it was... We did the Mediaverse movie night on Tuesday, Michael? Tuesday. Thumbs up. Um, so, yeah, we finished up Sunday night with the 48-hour film. We were here Monday doing something, I think just cleaning up. Tuesday, we had Mediaverse movie night. And I saw it on everyone's face. I saw it on Michael's face. I saw it on my own face. I'm like, guys, <clears throat> we are not coming here tomorrow. Like, tomorrow's <laughs> a day off. I don't care what your excuse is. You are not going to be here. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, yesterday had some, uh, pretty crappy things happen and it was, yeah, the, the passion was seriously lacking. Yeah. Um, and then you get up out of bed and get a good night's sleep and here I am, you know, it's, and it's, it's okay. Yeah. You know, this, we're going to put people over the projects every time, Yeah. you know? And I think, I mean, it takes obviously a great uh, degree of patience to, to get to where you're going to want this thing to go. And I, and I think, you know, that, um, I feel that just talking with you. Um, but you know, something, something, you know, I'm going to look down the barrel is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> uh, so, something I think I should mention to my audience on here. And I think, you know, Jake's going to connect with what I'm going to say here, but you know, being a creative, when you're in the process of doing it, um, sometimes it can be a lonely road to say the least, when you have to get in kind of some of the nitty gritty on it, you're not doing that always with an audience. Like you're having to kind of dig in and, and really believe in what you're doing and, and, you know, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's worth noting people out there that are listening, creatives every once in a while, we need someone to tell us that we're on the right track. We we need someone to tell us that, Hey, I think what you're doing, I know we like, even if it's someone you haven't met, even if they just reach out and they're just like, Hey, you're doing something that I respect. I like where you're going with this. How can I help? Or even if it's just a, I don't even have money to help right now. It's just good job. Yeah. Good job. I just, I feel like that's a message that doesn't get out enough, especially when you're in an early stage of what you're doing right now. It's, it's easy to lose that steam. It's really easy Uh, to lose that steam. And I don't want you to, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you will. Um, but I just, I, I just got to put that out there because I know even the most skilled people that have all the best intent in the world, they can get deterred when, when it counts the most. And and I don't want that to happen with this because this is awesome. It can be really detrimental to 
you know, spend weeks working on something that you really love, this project, this film that you're, you know, you've written, you've directed, you've edited or whatever, and you get it put up on YouTube and, you know, a week later, it's got 12 views and six of them are you and one of them's (laughs) your mom, you know, and you try really hard not to focus on that and, 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 Mm -hmm let it get to your head in the way that like, Oh, it's not good enough or it's, you know, not popular or whatever, because that's not why we do it. No. Right? It's not why we create something. It's because we just genuinely love it. We love the process. We love the storytelling. It doesn't matter who sees it or how many people see it. Um, but that being said, a nice comment or, you know, someone just giving you that validation is oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> and 100%. No. I, that's something that you learn. If you if you ever hold a job in customer service, you learn that. You, you oh, learn yeah, that you. pretty damn quick when someone, mm-hmm. like, you know, you could have, like, 10 people be just the worst to you. Mm-hmm. The second a little bit of kindness comes your way, it's like crack. You know, you're just yeah, like, not, I haven't done crack, so I, I don't know. But, you know, you, you, you get it. Yeah. You get it. Um. You know, man, I, I'm trying to think what else I got for you, but I mean, you've been more than generous with, with your time. Uh, obviously, Thanks. this space, this is cool. Uh, you know, seeing my face over here, I'd be yeah. lying if I'm not like, yeah, yeah that, that, that's me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and this um, is for you, by the way. This is our uh, Mediaverse logo oh, yes. magnet. And Let me take a look at this. That's I for like you to this. throw up on your car or whatever you want. I was going to say, I think I did ask if this was car friendly because I think I told you the <laughs> wife. Um, I, I'm not putting this up on the fridge. I, I'm happy to promote this, but I, I can't put it on the <laughs> fridge. I'll get I'll get divorced. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, this is cool. And you said, uh, was it Walker? She made this? Walker designed those. Yep. Nice. Does she have like a like a business or like yeah, so she she freelance does, stuff? Um, she does look, freelance. Look at, this. look at that. Photography, graphic design, web design, all of it. So she, you know, makes logos and she designs. She designed our website, uh, nice. and there's more coming on that. But right now it's just a splash page, um, which is mediaversestudios.co. We, okay. we couldn't get .com. All the links, got, all the links will be in this. Yeah, don't worry. But uh, hers is Emma Seller Door um, on all the socials and nice. Yeah, she does really great work. Awesome. Well, look, man, I I don't really have anything else for you. Like like I could blow out this candle to end it. Like with that, because can we kill the lights right when you blows out the candle? Just make yeah. it like this fade out. Is there a way to do that? <laughs> Let's go, Michael. Let's see uh, your I, producing powers. Okay, so what? I, I just got to get up and blow it out. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you listening. Thanks.